hosting for your tech life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want. all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Well, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever the heck it is, doesn't matter at all. It's episode 291 of Your Tech Life. My name's Trevor Long. You can follow me on Twitter at Trevor Long. You can uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Pocket Casts are my recommended apps for you. And uh, always good to hear how you're listening, where you're listening, and what apps you're using to listen. Um, most people are using Apple Podcasts still, but uh, you know a lot of people are doing others. Um, <laughs> I just... Got a text message from my wife, um, who doesn't know that I've just installed a um, a new television. Um, LG have sent me to review their new 4K OLED 65-inch curved TV. I thought, bugger it, I'm just going to take the TV from the lounge room, put it on the floor and put this one in. But I took the opportunity to rewire a few things, so I sent my wife a note saying, working on the assumption that you'll be going to bed when you get home, because she's out tonight. Foxtel's broken, I moved the box. Annoying thing, I'll call later after I've recorded. Um, and she just wrote back, I'm coming home now, I'm making the assumption you broke the Foxtel. Um, thanks, dear, very good of you. She doesn't listen, so it doesn't really matter. Um, lots to talk about this week, a uh, uh, huge number of calls. Once again, love taking your calls, love helping you out. If you've got a problem with technology, a question about technology, or just want to have a chat about anything technology in your life, all you got to do, go to the website eftm.com.au or call one 800 one five seven one five seven. We've got a range of, um, of issues uh, from listeners to cover this week, and we'll get to those. I want to talk about um, Apple CarPlay again. I want to talk about, I want to read a couple of emails. I want to talk about Telstra on the road. And I want to thank the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation and GPS Technologies. Um, couldn't do it without them. And uh, they are the people that allow you to listen for free here on Your Tech Life. <laughs> Right, we're all awake now. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, but, you know, I wanted to get into it. Get into it. Now, Telstra announced a product this week, which I think is very cool. Um, it's it's quite a simple um, idea, if you like. Um, but it's it's very cool in, in the way it works. Uh, it's a Wi-Fi dongle for your car. Now, that's... You know, having Wi-Fi in your car isn't anything majorly new, but the press release from Telstra goes, Australians can now turn their car into a high-speed hotspot with the launch of the Telstra prepaid 4GX car Wi-Fi. Now, this, they say, is the perfect travel tech companion for road trips or weekends away, and I have to agree. So, you know, originally when dongles came out, you had to plug them into the computer, there was software on the computer that ran to connect to the internet, and off you went. Well, these days, you get these little 4G hotspots that um, you know have a SIM card in them, and they, they just operate in your pocket, essentially. And the batteries, unfortunately, on them go flat after, you know, four or five hours. The good thing about this one is it's, the, it's got a USB on the end, and that's how it gets its power. So... What they've done is in the package, they've, they've supplied a wall charger. So you, just like your iPhone or, or, or Samsung or Android um, USB plug, plug it into the wall. And when you get to your holiday destination, plug the little USB dongle in there. It's powered up. It's immediately on the internet and it's immediately a Wi-Fi network for the destination. But in the car, they've got a little socket for your cigarette lighter or, you know, whatever you want to call those things these days. Um just plugs right into the 12-volt 12 12 power outlet, which used to be the cigarette lighter, and um, you plug the dongle in there, and bingo, you've got a Wi-Fi hotspot for five Wi-Fi devices. Um, so it's it's 4GX, so in the cities it'll be their, their highest speed, in other areas it'll be 4G, uh, and it's a, it's a great idea. It's $79, uh, it gives you three gig of data up front and then 30-day expiry, and then you can recharge as you need it. So just, I mean, for 80 bucks, great thing for the road trip. So I wish I had it two weeks ago when I took the kids on a road trip. Um, and people ask, why do you need Wi-Fi in a car? Well, look, after you've finished, after you've got about three and a half, four hours and you've played I Spy with My Little Eye enough times, you've played Spot This, you've, um, you know, you've sung songs, everyone needs a break from each other. Now, when I was a kid, we'd play Connect Four or Uno or 
some little, you know, game or read a book or whatever it might have been. These days, let's not deny it, kids are on their iPads or iPods. The great thing is that they can either get on the internet if they have, you know, Game Center or those kind of things, but they can also um, connect with each other. So if they're, say, let's say they're playing Minecraft, they can actually play together. And uh, that's, that's a very cool thing, right? So, yeah, love it. Very cool. Um, 79 bucks. I mean, that's, that's just simple, right? It's common sense. Just get one. <laughs> so if you're kind of the person that travels a bit, then um, then yeah, this is this is the one for you. Uh, it'll work beautifully, and uh, it's available now from Telstra. Uh, nice little simple product, and uh, you know sometimes it's the simplest products that work the best, aren't they? Uh, you're listening to Your Tech Life. Uh, now a couple of emails. Let me just uh, get back to my email here. Show preparation. Uh, where were these emails that didn't want to come on the show? Um, Shane from uh, Taralgon. Uh, is that what I said? Taralgon? Yes. Uh, no, it didn't. He was happy to come on the phone, but just a very simple comment. I found your podcast four or five months back. Wish I'd found it years ago. Absolutely brilliant. I've followed quite a few suggestions you've given on good tech. Thank you, Shane. Very good of you to uh, send a note like that. Um, the other one was interesting. Uh, Michael. Sent me a note. Uh, we had the caller last week. Uh, let me see if I can remember who it was. Um, going to say it was Cheryl, whose TV was turning on and off. Had a couple of calls suggesting different things. There was timer settings in a Sonic TV. Um, other people suggesting that you know someone else's remote might be infiltrating her home. Um, Michael said in episode uh, 290 last week, there was a caller who had problems with the TV turning on and off during the night. Um, she found a similar issue in Samsung TVs. I had the same issue with my Samsung, which was out of warranty. Three damaged capacitors on the power circuit board. Followed the instructions on a YouTube video. Removed the board. Bought higher capacity caps from JCar. Found a mobile phone repairer as my soldering skills leaves a lot to be desired. Replaced, removed the blown caps. Followed the instructions to assemble it again. And uh, haven't looked back since a year ago. Total cost $4.50 for the three caps. $20 for the tech work. She may have a similar problem. It's quite amazing. I, I've never, I actually, once I pulled a TV apart, um, I had a, a Sanyo and it was up on the wall and I, I swear I could hear it sparking and I looked and I could actually see sparks. So I took it apart and there was just, there, there was like a solder that had, you know, kind of merged onto a bit of wire. So I just soldered it away and, and fixed the wire up and it was running for another couple of years after that. Don't recommend you pull apart your TV though, if I'm honest. Um, so yes, be, be cautious with that. Anyway, always, always good to hear from you and, uh, Get your emails, and of course, the whole point of this show is to uh, is to hear from you and help you and uh, and help other people at the same time. Often, I ring people and say, "Let's have a chat," and they say, Are "You recording this?" I'm going, "Yeah," and um and as I've said several times before, with the greatest respect, um, I don't answer emails with tech questions because that's with again the greatest respect, that's of absolutely no use to to me. Um, I, I get no benefit from helping you one on one on email. I need to help you on the show or on the radio, wherever it is, so that more people benefit from it. And that, in the end, is is what is good for me. Um, I, I can't charge you for tech help via email, so there is no benefit to it. So as much as that makes some sense to you, I appreciate you understanding, but the whole point is to is to help you and hopefully... So the thing is, your question uh, may be a simple one, but it may be one that many other people have. So that's why you've got to ask it. Um, if you're on iTunes, uh, jump into the the iTunes store and leave a rating, leave a comment, leave a leave a little hello. Great to hear from you there too. Uh, you are listening to your tech life. Let's get cracking with calls. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, your tech, tech life. life with Trevor Long. Anything on your mind about technology? Questions, problems, buying advice? Doesn't matter what it is. Get in touch. Go to the website eftm.com.au or you can call one eight hundred one five seven one five seven, which is what Cameron did. G'day, Cameron. G'day, Trevor. How are you going? Good mate. What can I do for you? Um, I'm wanting to know a couple of things. Um, how popular are... I'm getting tested by my kids to get them a games console, either an Xbox One or a PS4 or something like that. Yep. And I, I guess I'm just interested, you know, you as a parent, uh, uh, like they're telling me every kid in the... <laughs> apparently every kid in the class has got one. Mm. Is that... Um, Peer you know, pressure. Are they popular amongst kids or... 
Gotta love peer pressure, class pressure. Yeah, look, they are. Sure I mean, do. I mean, no, I have, um, I have conversations all the time with my son who's talking about you know this game or that game with with his mates. Um, I don't think they're you know certainly an every kid thing, but um, but you know uh, I don't live in a in a terribly bad area, so I guess it's you know a bit demographic. As it sounds kind of egotistical yeah. to say, but you know I think that um, it depends on where you are. I mean, some some areas yeah. of Sydney, let alone Australia, there wouldn't be one kid in a class, but that's just life. Um, Oh, yeah. I th- I think that it's a tough one to manage, depending on what other devices are around. So, I'm obviously a little bit lucky, and my kids are a bit fortunate that, that I don't have to go um, begging and pleading. I, I get to play with these things. Um, but yeah. if I was a parent and I had an iPad or two in the house, and my kids wanted a games console, I'd be going, "Well, you've got a games console," kind of thing. Um, okay. You know, the the what what kids can do these days on an iPad is just just amazing and and frankly my kids play so their they iPads do, they do have iPads so um, would that you know would you sort of say to them because they're saying oh a lot of our mates have got iPads and they've got the games consoles and you know would you sort of um, take the view of a look mate you've got an iPad leave it at that yeah think yourself lucky or, son I mean you know yeah I, I, that, <laughs> that's right it's just, mate it's a simple thing can you afford one and and do you want them to have an extra device if 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 both of those things are, are in the in the ballpark of maybe or a yes, then happy days. I mean, there's so yeah. much good that can come, but as long as you manage it correctly, um, these things are awesome. You know, my kids don't play the Xbox that much, but I tell you, the one mm-hmm. thing that 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 we did have to do with my Xbox was we had to go and buy a second controller because it was becoming ridiculous to try and have them. You know, five minutes with you, five minutes for you. And now at least yeah, there's exactly. two of them at a time. So there's, well, I've got three kids. There's only ever one left out. You can, you can have more controllers, but I'm not going to get a controller for each of them. Um, but yeah. but <laughs> yeah. you know, that was my big learning was it was a bit much to expect them to sit and watch for basically 15, 20 minutes before they got a turn. Um, yeah. So I, I, I did that. Um, the other thing is obviously managing their expectation around the types of games they're going to play. Now, yeah. my son knows there's a bunch of other games on the Xbox because I've got them. Um, he's seen me. <laughs> he's seen me load up Formula One. He's seen me load up Grand Th- Grand Theft Auto, but he's only yeah. ever played um, Skylanders and Minecraft yeah. uh, and and Connect Sports. Yeah. So, it all depends what you're willing to let them play as well. And and, and do you think that um, you know is it a? I mean, do your kids tend to prefer the Xbox or the iPad, or what? What do they play most? My my kids are on the iPad. Massively more than they are the the Xbox. But Why do you think that's the case? I'll, I'll tell you a couple of things. I think one because it's very easy. Like they can just go, "We allowed yeah. to play the iPads," and they go, "Yes," and and they're on it. Whereas with the yep. Xbox, they've got to turn it on. They've got to hope that the right HDMI input is selected. You know, my eight year old smart enough to find most of those things. But also, yep. I mean, playing Minecraft, for example, on the Xbox is big screen, great experience. But you can do all the same things on on an iPad. Playing Skylanders yeah. though is a is a hundred percent a console based thing. It's you can do it on an iPad, but it's nowhere near as good. Um, yeah. The Connect Sports, if you've never seen it on the Xbox, is sensational. You have your kids running around in the lounge room playing sports without controllers. Um, right. But again, um, it could be me, or maybe I don't just turn it on enough. But they, yeah, they play their iPads, you know, nine times out of ten. Right. Wow. Because that's what my kids have got now, and I'm just wondering if I buy the the game console, is it just simply going to sit there as a white elephant, you know? Well, it depends on what Dad wants to do because, you know, yeah. it's not just for kids, <laughs> yeah, that's let's be honest, true. okay? I mean, the average age <laughs> well, of a gamer is like 32, 35, right? Really? Yeah. Don't... Oh, so listen. it's not for kids. Oh, it's mate, not generally no, for kids. No, not at all. I mean, there are unbelievably awesome games for kids, um, yeah. but there are so many more games for adults because, you know, so many of the games are not rated for kids for a start because they're shoot-em-ups and, you know, war right. games. And, you know, Grand Theft Auto is a game where you can run people over in a car and uh, commit horrible, heinous crimes, but you're following a storyline. You know, games today, the biggest blockbuster games today, A, make more money than blockbuster movies, and B, they have a storyline, a plot that you walk through. It's like playing Choose Your Own Adventure. Um, but okay. it's, it's immersive. Mate, if I didn't have... This other stuff that I do, technology and different things, and I didn't have a wife probably because she wouldn't let me. I'd be on the Xbox every night, or the PlayStation, because it's just it's awesome. It's so much fun, mate. I got a I got a chair and a steering wheel. I got everything because it's just so much fun. It's immersive. It's brilliant. So maybe well, if, if maybe don't one, think too much about the kids. Get, the Xbox or the 
If you were to get one, which mm. one would you get? The Xbox or the PS4? Ford versus Holden. Okay. That's a basically what you're asking me. Now, the reason I lean towards the Xbox is because you're talking about kids. And I think yeah. the Xbox has probably the better experience for kids because of the Kinect. Now, Kinect is their little camera system that sits in front yeah. of your TV and can see you in the lounge room. So you can actually, so with the running game, the Kinect Sports, you run on the spot, you run, 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 and the faster you run on the spot, the faster the runner on the screen goes, and you can have a race against your kids. Yeah, you can play boxing, uh, you know, high jump, javelin. It is, mate, sensational. And the whole family can play. So you, we do 10-pin bowling, right? So you've got yeah. four people playing, and one at a time you get up and you virtually bowl. You don't have a ball in your hand. You just pretend. Yeah. And, and, yeah. It, and it can see whether you've gone off to the left or right. It's so much fun. So it can actually be, on a rainy day, great fun yeah. for the whole family. Then you've got okay. ridiculous... Uh, games like Skylanders, which will burn m- holes in your pockets with money if you don't, if you're not careful. But mm-hmm. it's a game that you play on the screen, but it has uh, actual physical characters that the kids can collect. Okay. And, yeah, I've seen those, and it's brilliant because they collect a carry, they, the character, they put it on the on the device, and it comes to life on the screen. Um, yeah, wow. So just those two things alone for the kids is awesome. And then for dad, yeah. you know, there's Call of Duty, there's Grand Theft Auto, there's Formula One 2015. Um, yeah. you know, for, for, for mum, I'm being completely sexist, but there's, you know, there's dance moves, there's, there's, you know, there's stuff for everyone. Plus, forget all that. The Xbox is not just a games console, it's an entertainment machine. So you can, you can route your television through it. So while you're playing a game, you can watch TV, uh, you can record TV on it. You know, there's a bunch of things they do that's just so much more than games consoles. Okay, and it's just a it's a box, though, right? It plugs into your TV. Yeah, it's it's, just a, box. Uh, it's yeah, a big box. Okay. It's uh, you know on the scale of how they things have got smaller, it's gotten bigger. It's a big box size of an old VHS VCR, um, uh-huh. and then yep. just HDMI output into your into your TV. Okay, and is there any way that you can turn off online chat and things Absolutely. like that? Absolutely. Yeah, and that's the number one thing you need to do when starting from scratch. It's it's great to have the online accounts so that they can earn yep. points and they can have friends online, but you can vet that. But yeah, just put parental controls on it from day one, uh, yep. and and don't. So, what I would do is I would find a time when the kids are not around, even if they're yep. away for a week, and and I would spend time. And your wife's going to think I'm an idiot, but and also that we're con- we're conniving to do something here. But just spend time with it on your own so that you can learn how it works. Um, you can delve yeah. into the settings, find some some resources online about parental controls. So you learn all that and set that up strategically from the start so the kids have an expectation from day one that there are time limits. There is no online play or no online chat. There is this, you know, set the rules from day one. You, hey, kids, you've got an Xbox, but you're only playing it at these times. You're only not playing online. Set all the rules up and they will have a ball. Fantastic. And, and would you get a one? I've, I've seen they're in two sizes, a 500 gigabyte and a one terabyte. Have you got a view on which one would be, it, you know? It, it's, it's simply a budget thing. If you can't afford the terabyte, then, yeah, get the 500. But the terabyte means that you can store more video that you record. You can, you can store more games. So, you, you know, it's, it's, like, yeah. uh, it's not like a car. You know, you, you're not getting more performance from a hard drive. So it's not like, can I afford a V8? No. It's more about, you know, do I want a bigger tank of petrol or do I want seven seats? And, you know, it's more about what its capabilities are. I don't think, I've, the, I don't okay. think I've got the terabyte one, so I don't, I don't actually think the average Joe would notice. So I think you'd probably be okay with a 500. Um, just didn't know if the footprint on games would just gradually get bigger like it often does with absolutely software, Absolutely does. But you know what? What happens is um, if it fills up with the basic footprint of games, and remember games still run yeah. broadly off the disk as well, um, you just okay. delete them. And you've still got the game, you download it again. You know, it's not rock. It's not oh, okay. terrible. It's not yeah. a big deal. No. Not a big deal. No. Okay. Because I'm, yeah, I'm really familiar with iOS and we've got like a very Apple household. Yep. And, um, but I just, I, to be honest, this is an area I've just never, ever looked into. <laughs> so I thought, well, I know the Blake Nicole. Cameron, I have this feeling that in six months from now, if not a lot less, you'll ring me and say, oh my God, how good is X, Y, or Z? <laughs> All right, mate. Well, look, thanks very much for the advice. No worries. Good luck. Enjoy. Happy shopping. And uh, let me know what you end up doing, mate. Fantastic. Thank you. Good on you. And uh, if you've got a question, a problem, or a comment about anything technology, get in touch. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au.
And you can get in touch anytime you like. Get in touch, ask a question about technology, problem with technology, or you just want to have a chat about anything technology in your life, go to the website eftm.com.au. G'day, Ian. Hi, uh, good evening, uh, Trevor. I'm having problems with my Channel 2 reception, and I'm just wondering if you can sort me out as so, to uh, what I can do. What, what's, uh, has it always worked, never worked, only recently not worked? What's been the situation? Uh, the past, it, it, I know it might sound a bit stupid, but it sounds like it, it, it seems to happen in bad weather. Uh-huh. Now, uh, it pixelates a lot. And um, I, I'm just not sure whether it's a, maybe it's a booster in the aerial mm-hmm. is needed or I have a splitter. I have two televisions. I have one in the bedroom and one in the lounge room, and I have a splitter. Yeah. Now, I don't know whether that could be affecting the reception from Channel 2, but it's becoming quite... Uh, Quite annoying, actually. Well, look, the, the, it absolutely isn't a silly, silly thing to say about the, um, uh, the, the bad weather. It does happen, um, you know, especially... So where do you live? What, what area of... Uh, uh, I'm in Randwick. I'm down the, uh, the bottom of Randwick, uh, okay. uh, down the hill, so to speak. I'm yeah. probably on the same level as Randwick Racecourse. Sure, but it's, you know, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be terrible, is, is the bottom line. Um, the thing is, uh, a lot of people haven't done much for their television infrastructure since even before analogue TV was being phased out. So a lot of people have uh, the wrong antenna. The antenna's pointing in the wrong direction or is, is installed the wrong way. Uh, analogue and digital receive their, their signals slightly differently. Um, and, it, and it will affect the, the, the reception that you get. Do you live in a house or an apartment block? No, it's an apartment block of 12, and there are other people in the, uh, the block of 12 experiencing the same problems, but not with Channel 2. They had various channel problems. Some, uh, well, I think a lady has a problem with Channel 10. Someone else has a, tra- a problem with Channel 7. So do, you know if, do you know if the antenna is directly connected to your apartments or whether it's a kind uh, of a redistribution? No, nah, it's, it's what's happened. Uh, we oh, but, oh, Quite a few years ago now, we had a, an area put on the roof yeah. and we had 12 separate cables dropped into our uh, units. Yep. Um, okay. And... Uh, Oh, yeah, that's about I, all I think, to, think. to be honest, let's be clear, it's not your television, it's the reception. No. Uh, and over the years, uh, you know, there's, there's new things that interfere with the signal, you know, new buildings, uh, new uh, electromagnetic uh, interruptions. There's a lot of things that can happen over time environmentally that will affect your, your signal. So, to be honest, I think what you need to do is get a professional antenna man back and have a look at that. Now, I don't know whether you're strata or what it is, but it's obviously not going to be a $0 thing, but it might only cost a small amount to have them come out and do some tests to give you right. a, a, a quote, a cost, because what they can do, and I, it's funny, I recommended uh, on the radio a couple of weeks ago that someone just get an electrician out to run a cable, and uh, a master antenna guy rang me and didn't abuse me, but he was a little upset that I would recommend an electrician over an antenna person, and he made a very good point. He said antenna installers and antenna technicians have specific equipment that can monitor the signal strength. So he can go on the roof and have a look at the strength, and then he can come to your apartment and have a look at the strength, and he can then work out where the splitters need boosting and different things like that. So it is absolutely an antenna issue for you, um, and it is only going to be solved by spending some money on an antenna uh, technician to come and have a look, unfortunately. Trevor, thank you so much for that. I've, um, I've met, with you narrowing it down now. I can do that. I'll do it during the week. I'll go and uh, check out a. Uh, do you recommend anybody? Or no, look, I, I don't. I, I would just look at their um, their credibility in terms of whether they've got online feedback. Um, I I would be looking at uh, what references they can give you. You know, especially because right, okay. you're, you're doing it in a building. So, you know, I'd be looking for some sort of uh, referral uh, recommendations, whether it's uh, stuff they can point to you online that recommends them or whether they can talk about their qualifications and their equipment. So one of the key things to ask is, do they have equipment that can measure signal strength? Because it's all well and good to come and say, oh, the antennas point in the right direction and, you know, there's enough cables. But do they have equipment that will measure the signal strength? Okay, so the magic words to ask will be, Signal strength. That's that. That'll be. Uh, That's correct. The, the magic words. That's it, mate. Okay, Trevor. Good luck. Thank you so much for your help. I uh, I really appreciate you putting us in the right direction. Thank you very much. No worries at all. And uh, if you've got a question, a problem, a comment. 
get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading Your Tech Life. You can get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com.au, or, of course, on Twitter, at Trevor Long. G'day, Ken. Hello, Trevor. What can I do for you, mate? Well, mate, I've got a bit of a quandary. I've got a, uh, a fairly old laptop, and I've got the uh, Foxtel Go app on it, so I can watch Foxtel with the uh, through the internet. Right. But I want to watch it through my big screen TV. Uh-huh. I don't have Foxtel on here at home. Uh-huh. At the, I don't have an HDMI output from the laptop. The TV has HDMI, of yep. course. Uh, I've only got USB 2.0 or VGA, mm. and I think you can get con- a converter or something to go from that to HDMI, but I'm unsure. Look, um, you're on the right track. Now, I have to confess, I've never tried it from the laptop. I know that using Foxtel Go on the big screen for things like Apple Airplay and stuff doesn't work because the whole point of Foxtel Go is to make it a mobile thing, not a big screen TV thing, and that's why it's you know priced the way it is. Though, they have reduced the price of Foxtel now so that I think it's in line with Foxtel Go, so maybe you won't have any issues technically with Foxtel end. Now, you're absolutely right. You can get a USB to HDMI converter um i i can only recommend somewhere like j car electronics to have a look at that mm-hmm. now my, I, i'm not convinced that's going to absolutely work for you but i don't think it'll be a very expensive solution to at least try yeah according to the um uh ebay and stuff you can get them for about 50 dollars. yeah I, i'd go to j car i can't imagine they'd, they'd be charging much more than that um yeah and look, as I say, it, it's you need to be cautious because it, it'll work functionally okay, but it may not serve your purpose, so you won't get your money back if it doesn't work for you. Yeah, of course. Um, sure, sure. You know, really uh, failing that, then does the Foxtel Go app, is that within a web browser or is it an actual downloaded program of its own on the laptop? It's a downloaded app that okay. comes uh, with, um, with a relative's got Foxtel at home and that they they have three... Um, applications of the, of the app, hmm. and I borrowed one of those. To be honest, ah, yeah, perfect. I've done, I've I've lent one. Of them, I've lent my login to a friend because they only want to want, want to watch a couple of shows. So, you yeah, know, why not? I say the only issue might be, as I say, when you get it connected su- successfully, the app may not work on the extended screen of the laptop, and that okay. won't be that won't be a technical issue. That will be Foxtel blocking it from working on the second okay. screen. I, I know it works with VGA because I have another big screen, an older right. one, which has a VGA input, but that's video only, of course. I can't get the audio that way. Of course, yeah. And it's hardly high definition either, I guess. No. Well, look, the Foxtel Go is not high definition anyway. It's not the best right. of best qualities. Um, I think you're on the right track. I think once you plug in that USB to HDMI, you'll get a second screen for your laptop. You'll be able to see your Windows you know, icons and things on your big screen TV. And then once you launch the app, it should show successfully, including sound. So, look, J Car Electronics is where I'd go first, port of call, secondly, eBay, and uh, give it a whirl, mate. And just to add on quickly, how hmm. I've got 100 gigabytes of cable broadband. How yep. much Foxtel does that let me watch? Are you on Wi-Fi at home or are you using a mobile yeah. 3G? You got yeah. wi- Wi-Fi. Got... Okay, so if you watch an hour of content, it'll use up about 800 meg. So let's yeah, just call it a gig. You've got 100 hours of viewing. Yeah, okay. I think you'll be Thank fine. Thank you very much. That's very helpful. Good on you, Ken. Uh, thanks for getting in touch, mate. Good luck with it. Thank you. Bye. And you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. I do it all each and every week. Thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation, GPS Technologies. And uh, I told you last week about that new Garmin NuviCam. Um, this, uh, this little sat-nav unit also has a dash cam built into it. And what's cool about that is it means you're recording at all times uh, for any incidents or accidents you might unfortunately be involved in. Uh, and it's that extra level of kind of peace of mind and security. It's a six-in-one, six-inch premium navigator uh, with a built-in dash cam, uh, detailed maps of Australia and New Zealand, um, 
continuously recording as you drive and automatically saves files on impact. It has a kind of shock sensor that does that. Um, lane departure warning, a whole bunch of different things. The forward collision warning, the lane departure warning are, uh, are just guides. They're, they're not there to absolutely um, you know, push you into your driving style. They're, they're just there as guides. But the mapping is sensational. The dash cam is, is fantastic. And to have it all in one means just one device on the dashboard uh, and you're getting the best guidance you can get. $499 recommended retail. You can check it out at garmin.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Now, uh, Apple CarPlay, I told you about this, um, what's it, nearly, um, oh, I'm going to say six months ago, maybe eight, maybe nine, um, it was the middle of last year, I, um, I installed Apple CarPlay in my little Mazda 2 via a Pioneer uh, head unit, so a new stereo for the car, and this was a touchscreen stereo, you know, a new thing for the car. But when you plug your iPhone in, you get this little iPhone-style display, and you can you can have maps there. You can listen to music through the through the dashboard, um, rather than ever having to touch your phone. Now it's taken a while. They announced a lot of car manufacturers getting on board, but geez, it takes them a while to get to market. Well, last week Hyundai announced that their new Tucson, a twenty-eight thousand dollars entry-level um, SUV, would come as standard with Apple CarPlay. So this is a big deal. It's um, one of the first cars in Australia, I believe. Skoda have one as well. Let it excuse me, that has Apple CarPlay. And um, uh, what's interesting about the Tucson is there's four different models in the Tucson range. The two low-end models have Apple CarPlay. The two high-end ones don't. They've got a bigger screen and not Apple CarPlay. It's very weird, but I don't know. Just buy the cheaper one because actually the investment in Apple CarPlay is well worth it. Um, if you haven't seen Apple CarPlay, and when the Tucson's in uh, in dealerships, well worth going in to have it. Check it out. Um, I've got a bunch of information, my videos and guides uh, from when we, we had the pretty much worldwide exclusive on, on Apple CarPlay um, on EFTM Your Tech Life last year when we installed it in the Mazda. Um, it is brilliant. Uh, and this week, uh, to, to name drop and humble brag, we, we've been driving a Ferrari FF. This is a $920,000 four-seat four-wheel drive Ferrari. And Bowen and I have been going back and forward to each, each day swapping it between each other. And he'd never used Apple CarPlay. And when he plugged it in, he, he was blown away. Uh, he he just basically said, "There's I don't know why you'd have anything else." Uh, I highly recommend Apple CarPlay. It is sensational. Slowly getting into the car manufacturers, but we're getting there. And uh, when it gets there, it uh, it will change everything. I'm going to upgrade my Pioneer in the um, in the Mazda uh, to one that's compatible with both Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Android Auto being the Google version. So it's all happening in the in-car entertainment space. Well worth considering. If you've got an older car and you're going to keep it, have a look at an upgrading the stereo. And if you're in the market for a new car, I reckon put Apple CarPlay on the list. I reckon challenge the manufacturers. What are you doing about it? When are you putting it in? When am I going to get it? And will it be upgradable? The Hyundai Tucson will actually be software upgradable to get Android Auto early next year. So it's all happening in the in-car entertainment space. And you can read about that at eftm.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. You can get in touch if you've got a question about technology, problem with technology, doesn't matter what it is. Happy to help. If you uh, if you need it, get on the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Karen. Hi there. How are you? Good. What can I do for you? I was wondering whether there was such a device or something that can be installed in a particular point of a house mm. that could scramble the Wi-Fi, for example, children's bedrooms, oh. um, that they can not get access to it. Uh, but I've do have the system set up that I can block off their devices at certain times, oh. but it's now with Netflix and streaming TV and everything, I cannot bear everybody disappearing into different rooms to watch things at suitable times of the day. <laughs> so I would like to be able to have them all in a in an area where I can supervise and if I can get just eliminate the activity or the um, access they have in their bedrooms, then I don't have to nag so much. It's just done. Wow. So you're already at the point where you've got the time-limited blocking of the internet, essentially, yeah? Yes, yes. Ah, see, that's the, that's the best outcome is to say, you know, um, you know, after these hours it's not available, you know, kicking, kicking them off. Um, do, you know, do you look into your router, your modem, enough to know who's on? Do you know where to find that information? No, no, I don't. Do you know what sort of router you've got? Now you're asking me technical questions. No, that's okay. The one that came with our Optus um, okay. setup. So every router. Um, how, so just let me go back a step. How are you blocking their their time based um, access then? 
through the Apple um, the tower. Now I've just lost the, the time capsule. So on the Apple base devices, I can do it through the time capsule. Right. So on the Apple, on when they're on their iPads, you can block it. Yes. Mm. So here, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't think a device is the solution. Um, I think uh, this gets to the point where it is really a a rule-based thing in terms of, you know, the family rule is X, Mm. Y, and Z. But the question for you is how do you monitor it, right? So, you know, if in my case, if Jackson has a rule that he's um, allowed to use his iPod in in his bedroom until 8 o'clock, then that's fine. Go for your life, buddy. But I don't know if he's on his iPod or reading a book or asleep right now. So... What I can do, though, without having to walk up there and check, and he's just going to throw the iPod under his pillow anyway, yes. um, is I can log on to my to my router and I can see who is active. I can see who is connected right now. So I'm right. wondering whether that's something you need to learn to do um, and to the point where you can actually block the internet and not the devices. So um, on, on the router, on many, many routers, you can actually block the internet at certain times as well. Now, the problem for you, as you've said, is that you don't mind them having access to the internet at, say, 7 o'clock at night. You just don't no, want them being in the there. afternoon. But I there. just want to be able to see what they're all watching. Exactly. So, mm. basically, you know, I do think you're at a point where it is a rule that in the family that is if you're in your rooms, you can't be on the internet, okay? And if you're going to be in the rooms, I'm going to check. And mm. so you need to learn how to check. And if your current router doesn't allow that, then I think you need to find a new one that does. So, for example, the the, the Netgears that I talk about a lot, um, they have pretty good parental controls that allow you to see who's on and what. And uh, that's probably the best way to do it because in the end, then you're, you're just doing spot checks, aren't you? You know, on a yes. random Sunday afternoon, you, you can just log on and go, right, walk upstairs and say, I know you just put your device away because I can see you're on the internet. <laughs> um <laughs> So I, I think the, the bottom line is I don't think there's a great and easy answer to your question, um, but I think there are some solutions out there that can assist you, if you like, with that rule. Um, okay. So I think that what you should do is, is a little bit of research online, and, and I'll happy, happily dig up a few if I can find some, into the parental controls on, on routers. Now, the router, just to be clear and, and talk simple language for you, the router is the thing that distributes the internet through the house. So you can keep your existing modem, right, without having to go through new setup procedures with Optus and all that kind of jazz. Keep the existing modem. If possible, I'd disable the Wi-Fi on the existing modem, and then I'd plug a new router in that gives you all this, you know, parental control, and uh, and hopefully you can find a solution there. I, I might pass your call on to Netgear and see if they can suggest something, um, and, and maybe that'll help, but I don't think you should be... I don't think you should be holding out hope that there's a device you can plug into a PowerPoint in their room and block the Wi-Fi because you know what they'll do? They'll just turn it off. Um, oh, no, I was thinking something much more secretive than just plugging it into uh, the wall. Yeah, <laughs> I, well, I can tell you right now, if there is such a thing, it'd be very expensive. It, it, sure. Yeah, it'd be crazy. So um, let's see if we can find you some parental control-based solutions in the router um, and, uh, and get some advice from the likes of Netgear and see whether we can find you a solution. All right, that would be fantastic. All right, I've got your details. Let me me take it as homework and see what I can find out for you. All right then, lovely. Thank you very much. Good on you. Thanks for getting in touch. Take care. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. You can get in touch anytime you like. Go to the website eftm.com.au. G'day, Marie. G'day. What can I do for you? Um, I've got two problems with the computer. The first one is that sometimes, but not every time I boot up, everything moves to the left, which means that, um, for example, I can't access the the back arrow and, or anything really that's on the left-hand side of the screen for about, oh, no, one and a half centimetres maybe. And so is the other side, so left, if everything's pushed across, say, outside of the left, is the right-hand side of the screen got a big black line or...? Or is it, um, what's what's on the right-hand side? No, I think it's just kind of um, a pinky colour. Okay. Is it a computer or a laptop? It's a PC computer. Uh, with a separate monitor, okay, is that correct? Yes, yeah. But mm. the other problem is actually worse, which happened recently, and that is that um, after it's 
been running for about five minutes, it just closes down by itself and then oh. it'll um, boot up by itself. But then I get, you know, the blue screen that tells you that there's oh. a really bad problem. Oh. And then it comes up asking if you want to start up normally. So I Safe click on mode, that. Yes. And, and then it might do that three times. And then the rest of the day it'll be okay. Now, if this were a plumbing problem, you would have a, you would have a plumber out immediately. Yeah, I know. Um, and that's that's one of the big problems with computers is we we kind of just hope they fix themselves or we can download a solution. So, unfortunately, Marie, you need to go to hospital. You need to find yeah. someone you can take that thing to because I think both errors um, are indicative of uh, probably a hardware problem. Um, yeah. So let's say, for example, and it is just a guess, but let's say, for example, the video card, which is the, the little piece of technology that actually pushes the, the picture from the computer onto the screen. Um, let's say it's somehow broken or corrupted. It's not only pushing your screen to the side, but it's causing the computer to, to have errors and shut down. Yeah, so, I thought it might be linked. Yeah, yeah. I, I really think... Where do you live? Waverley. I think you are... I mean, I think the, if, if, you, if you don't want to have to take it somewhere, I would call Geeks to You or Super Geek. There's a couple of companies around that do it. Um, and and yeah, look, I, I, that, I, Sorry to interrupt, but I just sort of tell you this, that I did contemplate doing that, but then my son, who more or less looks after me nowadays, hmm. um, said he wants to buy me a Mac, oh. and he doesn't really want me to spend any more money on this one because I did actually have it repaired for something similar yeah, right. last year. And look, I think that is the most awesome thing a son could ever do for a mum, really, um, because a Mac is a, is a very reliable machine. It's a little bit to learn, but don't worry. You'll, you'll learn it and you'll pick it up very quickly. Yes. And look, I, I think he's right. You are, you are only, uh, for want of a better term, um, sending good money after bad. Um, you know, computers only have a certain lifespan. Do you know how old it is? Um, it'd be nearly five years. Yeah, and look, I think you've got a good life out of it. I don't look mm. if if someone wasn't going to buy you a new computer, it would be a worthwhile thing to spend, you know, two hundred dollars to get geeks to you to come out and and rebuild it or or reinstall it or whatever it might be. Yeah, but you know, I if thought it'd be more than that much money. My, look, my I would ring them up. I would ring them up. Um, especially if your son doesn't know when he's going to be able to do the computer. It might be four months away, you know. Um, yeah, that's what worried me. Yeah, and, and mm. I would ring them up and ask them what... So most of these companies, and I wouldn't let them in the front door unless they could commit to you that they will not just give you an open check here, okay? So what right. you want is you want to say to them, can you please come in? Can you please give me a quote? So you want to know what the problem is and what it will cost to fix... But right. most importantly, you want to know what it's going to cost to give you that. So if they say to you, our, our minimum call-out fee is $100, yep. and for that $100, they can have a look at your computer, they can run some basic tests, do some basic things, and at the end of that hour, or whatever it is, 30 minutes, they can tell yep. you all the problems, that's a worthwhile $100 investment. In the same way that, you know, and again, I use the plumbing analogy, our, our hot water system, for some reason, I was, getting a, I was second in the shower every morning, and I was missing out. Turns out, hot water system broken. Plumber comes out, $150, and tells it's a $400 job, but that includes the original $150. And I said to my wife, go for your life. You know, that's, that's worthwhile yeah. doing. Logical, yeah. So that's, that's what I would do, um, Maria. Yeah. I would ring, get a quote, and have them come and, and give you a diagnosis. And look, maybe let's not tell your son right now. Let's just find <laughs> out what it's going to cost. Well, I'll think about that bit. Um, yeah. What about that program that I mentioned in my email? Oh, you, mentioned, you mentioned a program that? called PC Health Advisor. Honestly, no. I, no. I wouldn't. The, the problems that you're talking about are not solved by a little bit of software. No. As yeah? you said, it's probably most likely a hardware problem anyway. It is possibly a hardware problem, which mm. at, at best could be solved by a reinstallation of Windows but at worst might need hardware, you know, rebuild. So right. I don't think a piece of software off the internet is going to fix it up for you, okay? No, it would be too easy, wouldn't it? It would be, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's very nice for you to ring. No worries. Uh, hope, hope it goes well for you. If you have any more problems, you get in touch, okay? Thank you. Good on you. And uh, if you want to have a chat, if you've got a problem about technology, want to have a chat about any technology, get in touch, go to the website eftm.com.au.
Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your tech, tech life with Trevor Long. Jump on the phone, 1-800-157-157. Go to the website, eftm.com.au or go on Twitter, at Trevor Long. G'day, Valu. Good day. How, how are you doing, mate? What can I do for you? Oh, just uh, I want to know, because I'm doing some uh, video editing at the moment. I'm mm. totally confused about the mm. best uh, software available in the market. I wonder whether you can suggest the best one for me, please. So what uh, what sort of computer do you have, a PC or a Mac? I have a PC. I'm running the Windows 7 operating system. Mm-hmm. Look, okay. and are you prepared, uh, to, are you prepared yep. to pay for the video editing software? Uh, well, I have one which is I downloaded through the internet, which is a Nero uh, 15 or something. Mm. But I haven't used for the uh, video editing purpose yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was wondering whether you can recommend any other software available in the market. I'm quite happy to buy. Yep. Well, look, I think there's there's really two solutions, Valu. The first one, and firstly, you need to make sure your computer is powerful enough to do this. You know, uh, uh, video editing is probably the most um, processor-consuming software you can run. It really makes your computer think and work hard. So be cautious yep. that mm-hmm. um, that your computer needs to be a bit powerful for this kind of thing. First and foremost, yep. Windows Movie Maker is the standard Windows yep. movie editing software. It's very basic, but it allows you to put a movie and then put another movie next to it and put a transition and, and you know, basic stitch together some videos and, and top and tail trim them. That's that's fine. It's not as good as, say, iMovie, which is Mac's standard video editor. But yep. look, if you're going to yep. buy video editing software, I would highly recommend Adobe Premiere. Now, Adobe oh, okay. don't sell their software anymore. They license it on a subscription basis. So it's actually really easy to get um, on, like, I think I pay $50 a month. Uh, and you could, oh, okay. you could just get it for a few months and then just not renew it and then start again in a few months when you need it again. But Adobe Premiere is very, very good. It's it's used by TV stations to edit TV, but it's also used by everyday idiots like me. Uh, and I'll tell oh. you why it's good is because it can do all these amazing things, but at its heart mm-hmm. you can just do really simple editing. So if I have, say, six videos, I can just drag them yep. all into a timeline. I can choose mm-hmm. the bits and, and you know trim them. And then I put them all together, and, and bingo, you've got yourself a really easy video. It exports it into the formats that you need for, say, YouTube or putting it on a disc or whatever you want to do. Uh, you know, it is a little bit high-end, but it is excellent to use. Oh, excellent. Yep, thank you. So if you're not okay, so yep. on a PC, really, uh, that's your best option, Adobe Premiere. Um, uh, Windows Movie Maker is, is worthwhile playing with to, to get your head around the basics of, of movie editing, but it's certainly not going to mm-hmm. do anything anything amazing. So, Matt, I, I, honestly, I, and that's why I asked if you're prepared to pay because there's a bunch of cheap video editing software on the internet, but I've not yep. yet seen one that's that's really stand out. And I know that probably in a year from now, if we have this same conversation, there are cloud-based video editing software is coming about, so you can actually just upload your video to the internet and then edit it, but I'm not sure how effective that'll be when you've got big chunks of video that you don't need. So Adobe Premiere Pro, get that and you will love it. Yep, no problem. Um, I heard the news, the Windows uh, operating system 10 will be released by the end of this month. That's correct, on the 29th. Uh, yeah, does the Adobe automatically uh, make it compatible compatible to Windows Ten? Uh, yes, if you're um, if you're running Windows Seven, your computer will be compatible yep. with Windows Ten. But as I say, yep. you know, you've obviously got a slightly older computer; it's got probably a couple of years old now. Just be cautious. Correct, I, yep. I, I wouldn't be worried about Windows Ten. I'd be worried mm-hmm. about the power of the machine to do the video work. You might want to look at adding some RAM um, yep. to, to give it a bit more brain power. Okay, I think I have a eight gig RAM. I think yeah. eight should be good. Eight should be good. All right. Good luck. Should be good. Okay. Thank you very much for your time, Trevor. No worries. Thanks for getting in touch. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Bye. And you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website eftm.com.au. Got a question, a problem, want to have a chat about anything technology? Get in touch. Go to the website eftm.com.au. Jump on Twitter at Trevor Long. G'day, Ashley. G'day, Trevor. How are you? Good, mate. What can I do for you? Um, well, I'm wanting to get the new Foxtel box, but what I do, I've got a um, DVD recorder that I plug the old the Fox the IQ2 into, and if I want to take something off the hard drive mm. onto the onto a DVD to give to somebody like the 
nephew. I, yep. With the with the new box, you can't do that. Um, so how do you take it out of the... Uh, of I've got an um, AV cable plugged mm. into the back of the Foxtel box and mm. into the... Um, yes, because the old boxes have two outputs. The, uh, yes. I, don't, I can't look at the back of my IQ3 right now, but I'm pretty sure there's just the one HDMI output, isn't there? Yes, there is, yep. So the only way to do that would be to do uh, like a pass-through. Does the um, Panasonic have a HDMI input? Uh, yes. So what you do is you plug HDMI from the TV into the Panasonic, fine. Yep, and then yep. you run HDMI from the Panasonic into the Foxtel. And whenever you want to watch Foxtel, you tune your TV to the HDMI port of the Panasonic. Yeah. Okay. You yep. turn it on, and you're just watching the input from the Panasonic, right? Yeah, yeah. So you choose the AV input from the Panasonic to be the, the output of the Panasonic. Yeah. Uh, and so you're just basically watching Foxtel through a second box. And okay. you, if you imagine you're passing the Foxtel signal through the Panasonic box yep. and you're only ever watching on the TV the Panasonic box. Yep. Does that make sense? Yes. Yep. That's all you need to do. Yep. Now, well, well, well. to test that, have you got an IQ 2? Have you got the HD IQ at the moment? Ah, uh, yes. So you can test it now before you even upgrade, right? Yep. Because yep. if you unplug everything from the IQ 2 and just plug that HDMI cord into your Panasonic... Yep. You can test today what it would be like, and you can make sure it works. Yeah, well, I'll, I'm not doing it tonight now. <laughs> yeah, no, but but it's easy to do. All right. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that in the next month, in the next couple of weeks. All right, sounds like a plan. I'm actually sitting here watching it at the moment, watching Fox Sports Five. Oh, what's uh? Well, that'd be Motorsport uh, Channel. So inside, inside supercars. supercars, Rusty's on right now. Yeah, it's his birthday last week. Send him a tweet. Wish him happy birthday. Yeah. Yeah, all right. See you later. Good on you, mate. Cheers, Ashley. Thank you, Trevor. Thanks very much. And you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say. But Trevor longs the world's best techie. He's the kind of guy we picked on at school. And it wasn't fair. Thank you for downloading. Back again next week with episode 292. Um, lots of calls. I appreciate you all getting in touch. And if you want to get in touch, just do that. Go to the website, eftm.com.au, ring 1-800-157-157. Say hello on Twitter, at Trevor Long, at EFTM, and at Your Tech Life. Follow them all uh, and let me know. Actually, follow me and say that you're a listener because it's great to connect and great to say good day, even if you don't have a question or a problem or a comment. Just, just great to say good day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Back again next week. Uh, and visit the website uh, eftm.com.au for all the latest news in tech, cars, and lifestyle.